Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Soar maybe 500 feet above the ground in these very wide, half a mile at least, circles in the sky, and their head is down, and their eyes are so focused that they can probably see the very hairs on the back of the neck of the rat or the rabbits from that height. He sees nothing else, but he sees his lunch down there. And so this eagle eye fix that the Lord Jesus is referring to in this Zeteo search here in, in Matthew 7, 7, and the hawk dives then. It's the Zeteo seeking of the Lord, not just for the lost, but also for the saved who have to know. They have to really know from God. This was Daniel. Daniel had studied the books, and he understood that there was 70 years of this captivity in this foreign land, and he wanted for his people to return to Jerusalem, so it says in Daniel 9.2, Daniel 9.2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications and fasting and sackcloth and ashes it was as a tale intense seeking the Lord by prayer. It was as a tale intense seeking the Lord by supplications, by fasting. It was as a tale intense search, seeking the Lord with sackcloth and with ashes. And then Daniel found in that God's timetable was coming, that the people, the Jewish people, were going to return to Jerusalem. And what had happened there with Daniel was that Daniel found the truth of Matthew 7, 7, seek and you shall find. Now, next, the Lord now uses the word knock in Matthew 7, 7, knock and it shall be open unto you. So now, now the Lord has just ratcheted up a notch, a little bit higher. He's progressed from ask to zeteo, seek, and now it's Matthew 7, 7, knock and it shall be opened unto you. So now, knock, is now a new level of intensity. You can stand at home, and, and you can stand there at the door, and you can call out, hello, anybody home? And that's like asking in Matthew 7, 7. And then when no one responds, you can um, go to the next level, which is, Tom, are you in there? Okay, are you home? And that's like the next level of intensity in the Zeteo. In the, and then you might think of the first level of ask as like calling out to God. God, you know, as in God, are you there? 
And then you might think like the ask level of Matthew 7, 7. And then when there's no answer, you might think of the next level of intensity as calling out to the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, are you there? But then the next level of intensity, uh, it's the knock level. And it's calling out to the Lord Jesus with, uh, Lord Jesus, this is Tom, and I must have you. I'll die without you. My soul yearns for you like a panting deer pants for water. And so this knock is the ultimate level of intensity, where now it's not just the voice where the call is made for the Lord, but now there's this extension of the arm, and there's this knock. Now, there's two ways to knock. There's two ways to knock on a door, and the two, each way sends its own different message to the person inside. The first knock is like that. Or it might be nice, gentle, gentleman lock, knock, slowly, gently, and it sends the message of, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you. Is this a good time? See, that's the, like that, all right? Now, the second way to knock on the door is like this, like that, all right? And everything falls apart, see? So that's what happens, see? Okay, now that's the second level, okay. And that level, when that happens, that is sending a message of, I have to speak with you, I have to speak with you now. This is urgent. I'll break this door down with knocking unless you open the door and open it. This is the type of knocking that the Lord is referring to in Matthew 7, 7. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. This is the knocking of, out of my way, I will knock this door down if I have to, I'm coming through. And this is what the Lord referred to when he was talking about the kingdom of heaven when he said in Luke 13, 24, Luke 13, 24, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. This knocking is really uh, illustrated by the intense grip that Jacob had for which he was given the name Israel. You want to know, so I tell the Israelis, you want to know where your name comes from, Israel? It comes from an intense grip, where it says in Genesis 32:24, Genesis 32:24, Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He said unto him, what's thy name? He said, Jacob. He said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. He might as well have said, your name's gonna be Israel because your grip is tight on me. And this is where the name Israel comes from. The name Israel comes from the intensity of Jacob's grip of nothing is gonna get in the way of my blessing that I must have from this Jehovah Jesus for with whom I'm wrestling. And this knocking with this intensity is what Paul was referring to in 1 Corinthians 9.24. 1 Corinthians 9.24, where he says, Know you not, they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run. So how are you going to run if you intend on getting the prize? You're going to run your legs off. He says, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Therefore, so run, not as uncertainly, so fight, I not as one that beateth the air. 
you know, the intensity of this knocking, it reminds me of a Sunday when uh, I was a new believer, and so as every good new believer, I had decided to sleep in on Sunday and not go to church. So I was going to sleep, I was sleeping in on that Sunday, and instead of going to church at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Pacific Beach. And Eve Rule, and those of you who know Eve Rule will have the perfect picture in your mind. <laughs> Eve Rule decided to come to my house after church and find out I was not in church. And as Eve was walking down the path to my doorway, I could hear her daughter, Debbie, arguing with her mom and saying, Mom, leave them alone. They were just married. But that didn't stop Eve, who started knocking on our door and say, Tom and Cheryl, I know you're in there. It's Eve. Open up. Now, <laughs> we lived in a studio apartment. The bed was a pull-out couch, and it was three foot from the front door. So it was like Eve was, was yelling. She was like she was standing over the bed and yelling at us. It was so terrifying. That was the last time I missed church. The last time Cheryl and I slept in. That image of Eve pounding at the door, three feet away from the door. It's terrifying. And those of you who know Eve Rule, you know what I'm talking about. This is the kind of knocking that the Lord is referring to in Matthew 7, 7. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The knocking the Lord is referring to is an intense knock of going to get through. It's an intensity that's important here to see. Now, we've been considering, the, uh, as I said here, the intensity of us knocking, of us seeking, the zeteo seek. But again, and that's from Matthew 7, 7, but again, we want to turn our hearts to think about the opposite, and that is the intensity of the Lord's search for us, which is this Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to zeteo seek and to save that which is lost. He's got an intensity in his seeking, and he has an intensity in his knocking, in his knocking at the door of our hearts where it says in Revelation 3.20, Revelation 3.20, first of all, before this, he says, I'd rather have you intensely cold or I'd rather have you intensely hot, but I don't want you non-intensely lukewarm. I will vomit you out of my mouth if you're in that condition. So on the subject of intensity, he comes and says in Revelation 3.20, Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. So here's the Lord Jesus. He's standing at the door of our hearts. He stands there for a long time. He calls out as he knocks at the door of our hearts. He knocks and he calls out for a long time. And specifically, he has said in Revelation 3.20, if any man hear my voice. That means he's calling out. And this is what's characteristic of his intense knocking. It's not just the knocking, but it's just the voice with the knocking. It's not just the knocking alone, it's the voice with the knocking. And there's the knock at the door, and, and the door is not just opened. In fact, when you get a knock on your door, what do you do? You open the door? Well, that's not a good idea. You say something like, who is it? And because we don't just open the door for anyone. We want to know who's knocking at the door. You know, who's that knocking at my door? So all the doubt is removed when the voice says, Tom and Cheryl, it's Eve, open the door. And so all doubt is removed with the knock of the door, and the voice says, it's the Lord Jesus. So Lord Jesus Christ, it's your creator knocking. It's your redeemer knocking. It's your savior knocking. Open the door. And if you just open the door, I'll come in. I'll have fellowship with you. You'll have fellowship with me. See, it's this voice that encourages us to open the door. 
just as it did for the Shunammite woman in the Song of Solomon 5.2. Song of Solomon 5.2, she was sleeping. She said, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It's the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me. She hears the knock, but more importantly, she hears the voice, and the voice is for her to open the door. And when does that happen to us? It can come when we're alone reading our Bible. It can come in church. We're listening. It can come when we're singing to God and Bible. We're listening to Bible teaching, Bible preaching on the radio, wherever. And we realize that, hey, God is speaking to me. That's the Lord knocking at the door of the hearts and calling out to us, open the door, let me come in, just like the hymn says. The hymn says, the Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to him? Time after time, he has waited before. Now he's waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. And when a person knocks at the door, so that's what happens when the Lord knocks at our door. And then it's up to us to let him in. But on the other hand, when a person knocks at the door of God, and God says, who is it? And the reply will determine if God's going to open the door. If the reply is, it's your son, then it's Luke 12, 32. Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Open the door. If the reply is, it's your friend, it's your friend. Well, to that person, the Lord Jesus says, Matthew 25, 21, Matthew 5, 21, the Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Or the reply might be, it's a dirty, rotten, lost sinner who desperately needs your mercy to save him and cleanse him from his sins. And to that person, the Lord Jesus says, John 6, 37, John 6, 37, he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Or the reply is, if the reply is, well, we don't know each other, but I'm a good person. I'm a religious person. I'm a person who really deserves heaven. Compared to the other people, I deserve heaven. To that person, the Lord says, Matthew 7, 23, Matthew 7, 23, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, Depart from me, ye that work in iniquity. Closed door. So whether or not the door is opened by God all depends on the response to the question, who is it? Who's knocking at my door? Now, there's another, there's, a, there, there's, there's, a, there's another aspect to look at with this knocking, and it's different from asking. Is, and knocking involves action. It involves action. And it's not just asking but it involves action, and it can be seen in seeking the salvation of the Jewish people. Paul spoke of his heart's desire for the Jewish people in Romans 9. Romans 9, 1, Romans 9, 1, Paul says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. This is his heart's desire. Then he speaks, Paul speaks, of coupling his heart's desire to asking God in prayer in the next chapter, Romans 10.1. Romans 10.1, when he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. 
So this is like the asking and the seeking, but then Paul goes to the next level of knocking when he goes into action for the Jewish people, the salvation of the Jewish people, as it says in Acts 17.1, Acts 17.1. Now when they had passed through Amphilopolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, keep in mind, this is the, the uh, apostle to the Gentiles, but this is Paul. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs to have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, who I preach unto you, is Messiah. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas. So for the Jewish people, for Paul, it was not just an asking God for their salvation, but it went on to the next level of action. It was the knocking on their door for salvation as Paul went regularly into the synagogues and reasoned with the Jewish people that the Lord Jesus had to suffer and rise again to save them from their sins. Now, this is the knocking stage of seeing the salvation of the Jewish people. And this knocking stage for seeking the salvation of the Jewish people is what the Lord illustrated or painted the picture of in a particular parable, a parable of a fig tree that was not fruitful. And the fig tree always refers to the Jewish nation in the Bible. So this is the parable of the fig tree that was not fruitful, bearing fruit, in Luke 13.6. Luke 13.6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? But he, this is the gardener, he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I dig about it and dung it, fertilize it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. So here's a man who's got a fig tree. It's planted in his vineyard. The fig tree, the vineyard has got limited ground. And every tree in his vineyard is important. And he expects fruit from every tree in his garden when the time comes. And the man has this fig tree in his garden and he expects fruit from his fig tree. Well, the first year comes, there's no fruit. And then the second year comes, the man is patiently waiting. He's looking, he's expecting, he's hoping. Still no fruit comes on the tree. Finally, the third year comes, and the man has been watering it, but he hopes that finally, after three years, it's going to bear fruit. But after three years in a row, no fruit at all. So the man turns to his gardener and says, that's it. I have patiently waited three years for there to be fruit on this fig tree. I'm ready to cut it down. Why should it take up the space and the resources in my vineyard? Cut it down. But the gardener, the gardener steps up and says, okay, I agree with you that it hasn't borne any fruit. But he does not say, I agree with you, I'll go ahead and cut this tree down. No, the gardener loves that fig tree. And so the gardener says, give me a chance. Give me a chance with the fig tree. I'll dig around this fig tree, I'll fertilize it, just give me one more year. 
Give me one more year to work with this fig tree. I'm going to do my best. You're not ever going to see a gardener like me down on his hands and knees all around the base of that fig tree. Every grain of dirt is going to be turned over. I'm going to put fertilizer in it like it's going out of style. And he says, I'll try, I'll try my best to get this fig tree to bear fruit. I know I can, is what the gardener says. I'll spend time with this fig tree to make it bear fruit. Now, that's a picture of what it means to knock or go into action to see the Jewish people be saved. In that picture, God the Father is represented by the man who owns the vineyard. In that picture, the fig tree is represented by the Jewish people who have rejected their Lord, Jesus Christ, as the Messiah and God. In that picture, the fruit of the fig tree represents the Jewish people serving Jehovah Jesus, bringing the gospel to the peoples of the world, the nations of the world. And most relevant for us in that picture is the gardener who represents you and me, us. Like Paul, we ask in prayer for the salvation of the Jewish people, and we go one step further now, and we're knocking, which is when we go into action to see the Jewish people be saved from their sins. This we do as we look for opportunities to befriend the Jewish people, to bring the gospel to them. This is represented by the digging and the fertilizing around the fig tree to give the tree a benefit, to be fruitful. This is bringing the gospel to the Jewish people in a loving way. This is the action part. This is the knocking part of seeking the salvation of the Jewish people. This is what Moses did. Moses was the gardener when God told him, that's it, I'm gonna destroy him, I've had enough, I'll build a new generation of Jewish people from the seed of Moses, and Moses, like the gardener, said, no, wait, wait. This is after they had made the golden calf, and God said, okay, the time has come, remove him from my vineyard. And it says in Exodus 32.9, Exodus 32.9, the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I'll make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy rock wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power, with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains, to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidest, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give you unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. The Lord would have destroyed them. He would have destroyed them there, then and there, had not Moses asked God, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance to work with the people. Like the gardener asked for one more year to work with this barren fig tree. And then Moses, the Lord did, give him more time. And it says in Exodus 32, 31, Exodus 32, 31, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Now, if thou will forgive their sin, if not, blot me, I pray thee out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, whosoever there has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Now therefore go, lead this people unto the place which I have spoken unto thee of. My angel should go before thee. So what we've seen here in this passage in Matthew 7 is an, an invitation. This is really an invitation to us. It's an invitation from the creator of the universe to engage in asking with the promise of you'll receive, to engage in 
zeteo seeking, intense seeking, with the promise of you'll find, and with to engage in knocking with the promise that doors will be opened. And with these promises, they're great for us because we can step forward and say, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be an asker of God. I'm going to be a seeker of God. I'm going to be a knocker for God. Let's pray. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 